Hey, it's Kelly. And at the end of every week, I like to share something true and useful, something I stumbled over that gave me a burst of optimism, something you can share with friends like an audio greeting card, something to help us all keep our eyes on what's working and what could be. So I'll be right back with this week's For the Good of the Order. This is Kelly Corgan Wonders. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too. With the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey guys, so for the good of the order, I offer a little pep talk. I feel like this is the time of the month. (laughs) That's not where I was going. I think that this is the time of year, honestly, where you're three or four weeks into January and you're starting to wonder if 2022 is going to be exactly the same, more or less, than 2021. And all your shiny New Year's Eve resolutions are starting to get pretty banged up. And I just want to offer this true belief, which is I do not think it is irrational to hope for progress. I mean, I know we're all running out of gas, but I believe that personal, national, global progress actually does happen. So to sort of bolster this, I asked a couple questions on Facebook. What change have you made? Any change ever. Like I quit smoking 30 years ago. It still counts. Two, what change have you witnessed in a friend or in the world? So many people are trying meditation and investing in mindfulness, doing yoga. Many people are listening to podcasts as a way of, you know, staying sharp and keeping company with good people. And of course, it's like the easiest path to lifetime learning. Many people are doing dry January. Cheers to that. Writing letters and cards for no good reason. Trying online therapy, looking people in the eye, letting go of a grudge. Michelle said... Do less, buy less, need less. Megan said she's trying kindness. Quote, tempering one's anger or frustration matters. Each time we interact by phone, by video, through a plastic screen or mask, the tone and tenor of our words and requests make a difference in the energy circulating throughout this country. Nicely said, Megan. Some changes that you all have witnessed For me, my mom a year ago fell and broke some bones and she's up and around and going up and down stairs and doing her whole thing without an ounce of help. As for you guys, some things that were listed on Facebook, development of vaccines, all that scientific collaboration that goes into that. There's this crazy thing happening around oil spills where they're making hair mats because it repels water but also absorbs oil and it can be reused which is all kind of gross, but it is one of those things that reminds you that there will be innovation. It is unstoppable. 
the tinkerers, the inventors, the entrepreneurs, some of them are focusing their considerable energy on world positive work. Many people mention that there are more people of color, more gay people, more mixed race couples in advertisements and that that representation really matters. Many communities have been chipping in to save independent bookstores or the oldest bar in town. A woman who follows me on Facebook, her sons are cleaning toilets. Talk about a change in the world. A mom of a non-binary kid is encouraged by so many people's willingness to embrace the new terminology, like corporate execs using pronouns in their email signatures. She acknowledges that some might say this is partly performative. Even insincere participation counts, and it can actually transform to an earnest embrace of a position. What I've come to is you can get anywhere on a full tank of belief. You have to believe your marriage could work. You could be sober and stay sober. Your kids will mature. We could be a more unified country. We could pass bipartisan legislation. We could see women and people of color in every boardroom in America. So where does belief come from? How do you develop and sustain and protect the beliefs that serve you or our larger world? And I have three ideas. One is internalization. One is imagination and one is exposure. So number one, internalizing what is and has been. So when I ask you, what changes have you achieved over a lifetime? I might be touching your toes or making your bed every morning. For the country, it could be massive victories like legalizing gay marriage or cutting child poverty by 3 million people. For the world, it might be drastically reducing illiteracy and infant mortality and malaria or the emergence of electric cars. Any one of these rewards closer inspection, by the way. If you spend five minutes thinking about infant mortality, let's say, it used to be 50% and it's four now. There's so many miraculous achievements involved in that one number. And think of the mothers. Think of the day your kid was born. Think about holding that kid, hearing that cry. That's just monumental. And we breeze over it because we've heard it before. Or it gets tucked into a list like what I just did. We should stop and stare more. Stopping and staring is key to internalization. Don't let it wash over you. Bring it into you. Change happened. Ergo, change can happen again. Number two is imagining what could be. As I saw on Facebook, tons of people are using mindfulness and meditation, which I think is so spectacular because it really helps you visualize what we want and need and how we might get there. So when I was 30, I had a couple of panic attacks and I went to see this great woman on Geary Street in San Francisco named Priscilla Marquis. If you're out there, Priscilla Marquis, thank you very much. I think of you often. So what she said to me that I've never forgotten is Kelly, you have such a great imagination, but you only seem to use it in the downside scenario. In other words, you're vividly and viscerally imagining how this could go wrong, but why don't you offer up that same imaginative energy to the positive outcome? Like tell yourself a story of victory, tell yourself a story of closure, tell yourself a story of connection and healing and make it a good story. Add in all the details so you can attach to it. Then 
tell it to someone else. They say that's huge, just that tiny sense of accountability. So what could be for you or for your family or for your town? What could be for us in this country that's so tired and angry? And then we should start calendaring. In other words, what will we do and when will we do it? Personally, my favorite increment of time is a month. So like what could be different on February 21st, 2022? For me, I'm imagining how to go from a draft to a real manuscript on a book that's six years overdue. I'm imagining being active every day in some way so that on February 21, I can say I did my 10,000 steps or whatever it might be. And mostly I'm imagining how if I do 10,000 steps a day, it might really help me sleep better. That's what I really want. Then the third way that we might be able to sustain belief long enough to make the change is exposing ourselves to inspiration on the regular. I'm a huge believer that you have to see it to be it. That's been my experience. I didn't really think I could write a book until I went to a dinner party with a guy who had written two and I thought, meh. It doesn't seem so different. Maybe I could do that. And many people on the podcast talk about this one way or another. Rich Roll talked about studying his sponsor in AA and seeing sober people every day all around him. This incredible guy I had on named Sam Vaughn talked about coming out of San Quentin and attaching to the neighborhood guys who read books and worked out and took classes at community college. Melinda French Gates talked about traveling so that she could be in the room with change. It helps her keep her belief in the potential for progress centered in her field of vision. She said she can't stay with the work in the way she needs to if she's huddled around a conference table in Seattle. She has to refresh her memory that change happens by seeing it. And you know, I, I probably talk to a new breast cancer patient in my extended circle at least once a month. I am that person for them who did the whole shit show and then moved on. I did chemo and then I did surgery and then my hair grew back and then I reached down and picked up my kids without pain and then and then and then. I can feel them attaching to the beats of my story. The last thought on exposure is that for better or worse, peer pressure is legit. We have a tremendous influence on one another. Some people say we're an average of the five people we spend the most time with. So Pick wisely and use it to your advantage. Here's my last thought on this fairly long for the good of the order. Once you have a method to protect and fortify your animating belief in whatever change you want to make or help make or see in the world, you have to integrate what is known about us. It's only very recently in the span of human history that anyone had any idea how the brain works. And that knowledge is extremely leverageable even at the probably pretty rudimentary level at which I understand it. So like we've located the centers in the brain for misery and happiness, which means they can be studied in new ways and all those respectable docs don't have to be embarrassed to want to understand emotion in the lab. How we feel, in other words, is finally getting some respect in universities, at the UN, at the WHO, which is so crazy overdue because when you think about it, Emotion is what's driving us personally, culturally, nationally, globally. In my mind, it's like almost a race. Like whoever harnesses what is known about how our neurobiology leads us around hunting for good feelings 
much less the lengths we will go to to avoid bad feelings. That person, that group, that cause, that country, that's who's going to win. And, you know, remember what we learned from Daniel Kahneman, who wrote Thinking Fast and Slow and won the Nobel Prize. We are not rational creatures, and any attempt to make us act rationally will probably fail. Every plan has to factor in our nature. We are social animals. We like tribes and teams. We prefer stories to statistics. There will be greed and some corruption. There's no getting around our psychology. And, you know, there's never been an easier time to access the best thinking about human nature and neurobiology and behavioral psychology. You can read and watch and listen. It's everywhere. And as you figure out how to make the change, I think it's a secret weapon. It determines what we hear, what we see, what we do, because it determines what we believe. All right. So big change requires big beliefs. And belief is sustained by internalizing what has been, imagining what could be in detail, and exposing yourself to the kind of people you want to be. All right. I'll talk to you on Tuesday with another episode of Kelly Corrigan Wonders. Mm -hmm.